0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today we're going to be talking about things
1: you didn't know about baptism. That's right. We're going to look at the ritual of baptism. We're going to look at its origin and its history. And we're going to look at some interesting things like who can be godparents, who can be baptized, why was Jesus baptized, and so much more.
2: This show is a full immersion in the waters of life. We're talking baptism and rebirth.
0: be back in the studio with you guys always baptism man that's like i mean every catholic knows about baptism there's so much rich richness in it that we're going to cover that i'm really excited about
2: sacraments of initiation starts with baptism yeah is completed in confirmation But baptism, Eucharist, and confirmation, the sacraments of initiation, we've got to be able to hit on the foundation and what is actually happening in the ritual of baptism.
1: Yeah, being the baptism happens typically so early in a person's life. It's hard to connect with the nature of your baptism and how important it is to your spirituality and to the indelible mark it leaves on your soul. So I hope this episode serves as a reminder and kind of an illumination of all the things about baptism and why it's so important and why you should really celebrate the fact that you have been baptized and to be able to reconnect to your baptismal vows. Are you have you do you guys remember being baptized or uh, it happened pretty young it must have been during one of my blackouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and for
2: most of us that's the case, yeah. but by reviewing the ritual and realizing what was promised. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think it's so important as you said Shield, to really and truly recall your baptism so that you can live it out. Mm-hmm, yeah. And you know, we want to also encourage you to recall what this show is all about. By going to catholictalkshow.com, you will see all the show notes and every single video that we have produced. We're on many different audio features and and Podbean and iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play, anywhere that you can listen in on any of the podcast forums, we're there. And we want you to connect with us on your commute to work or wherever you may be traveling to. So make sure you check us out on all those platforms as well as YouTube. If you're watching our content right now, take a moment, click the subscribe button. We know that you love the show. You wouldn't be here. So make sure you also give us a thumbs up and click the bell so that the algorithm. The algorithm. The algorithm. So it does that. Yeah, yeah it, does, it does, that. does its things. It does, it it does, does its thing. Blah, blah,
1: blah. You it's know? a strange flex that you always leave with Podbean first. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. I just like Podbean. That's all right. But <laughs> Sounds like, cool. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, those are probably – And like, I'm
2: on Spotify all the time. Yeah, and why I don't, I don't say Spotify? I don't know, I don't but know. you say Podbean. I just you, like saying Podbean. Dude, pod are you taking bean. a side cut from Podbean? Hey, pod man, one will never tell. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: if you are, it's a sin, and you need some immersion. <laughs> so let's, let's jump on in. Mm, I like it. Right? And let's let us let us let the information start flowing. Yes, right. It's
2: flow river
1: flow. Let's get our feet wet. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Amazing things are going to happen. They are, <laughs> like they do in baptism. That's, That's what we're right. talking about mm-hmm.
2: today.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, baptism really is, like you said, it's it's the sacrament of initiation. That's mm-hmm. the first sacrament that a person will get in their life. It's what brings them and initiates them into the church and washes away original sin, but I think a lot of people don't even know, well, why do we even bother getting baptized? You know, what is baptism? Where does it come from, right? Mm -hmm. And like so many things that Catholics do, it really is an outflow of Jewish tradition, right? You know, the the, the new covenant is a fulfillment of the old covenant. Not one letter of the law passes away, not one iota, right? But everything finds its fulfillment and its culmination in the new covenant, so, if you look at Jewish practices, and if you've read any of the Old Testament, you'll understand how important ritual purity was. I mean, it was the Romans when they overtook Judea were shocked because the Romans were so concerned with water, building aqueducts and making sure there's enough water. And then here's this dusty little town in the middle of the desert, and like, what are these fools doing? They're taking such a precious resource. And they're swimming in it and they're cleaning themselves with it and they constantly are washing their hands. You could read like old Roman reports and they're like, they constantly wash themselves. It makes no sense, right? Mm -hmm. Because the pragmatic Romans are like, we need this water to, you know, give to our soldiers to keep on conquering stuff. Um, But if you look at the laws of ritual purity in Judaism, that's really where baptism comes from. Um, There was a, basically when somebody became a Jew, or if there was a ritual in impurity, they had a ritual called a tevola, which is where you would immerse yourself into a mikvah, which is essentially
2: bath. a bath, a yeah. big a pool collection of, water. of a collection of water. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And and you'll see. All, and then there's other there's hand washing, mm-hmm. you know, ceremony, rites and everything like that. But then John the Baptist comes on the scene. Now John the Baptist is obviously through and through Jewish, but what his he kind of again the new covenant doesn't make anything more narrow it opens it up more mm-hmm. right it takes everything before and makes it more so yeah and john the baptist started preaching the forgiveness of sins through baptism right it's a way of consecrating a new life to christ or to 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 god in this instance mm-hmm. and um you know a lot of the Christian tradition around baptism comes from John the Baptist, so we can't really have an episode on baptism without
2: mentioning him. Mm-hmm. And the importance of ritual cleansing and the mikvah, you know, the word mikvah from Hebrew, uh, you know, is is associated all the way back into Genesis, mikvah describing the gathered waters or the gathering of waters that take place at creation. Exodus, um, you know, by the Egyptians, the reservoirs, the cisterns, the irrigation channels. Uh, Leviticus uh, refers to a spring. Isaiah, mikvah, and the only occurrence of the feminine form refers to human-made structure to hold water. So all throughout the Old Testament, the the Hebrew word is being used. um, But, you know, one of the requirements is that the only obvious requirement is that it should be large enough to accommodate the full immersion of an entire Body, a human body, um, an adult body. Excuse me. And later rabbinic traditions ranks the quality of six types of water as mikvah and requires the water not be hand drawn through human effort, but naturally gathered in the sense of God's creation. And it's all up to observe ritual purity in the rituals of Judaism. And I had the awesome experience of being in the region where tradition holds John the Baptist to be ministering and where where Jesus was baptized in the southern regions of the Jordan River. And I got to see these mikvahs firsthand, which was really impressive. And I even saw some mikvahs up near the Sea of Galilee in Magdala. Yeah. And when you actually see and you can kind of immerse yourself in the experience and to realize how often people were living out you know, this, this kind of process of ritually cleansing and entering into communion with God through celibacy and... and and different practices that would have been uh, associated with Jesus' time is really eye-opening.
1: Yeah, and I think a good distinction between the baptism of John the Baptizer and the baptism of Jesus Christ is that John the Baptist's baptism was not the same in character as the baptism of Catholics. It was a baptism of repentance, Mm -hmm. okay? But the baptism through the name of the Holy Trinity, right, the proper Trinitarian formula, (laughs) which we'll get into, it does a couple things, right? And And St. Paul in Ephesians says that baptism baptism is the first installment of our inheritance towards redemption as God's possession mm-hmm. to the praise of his glory. And baptism does a couple of things, and this is really important theology, is that it forgives all the sins that were created committed before baptism, including mortal and venial sins. I mean, it is a fresh, clean mm-hmm. slate. Mm. And that's why a lot of ancient people, would wait to their deathbed to get baptized, right? Mm-hmm. Wow! Because like, like you look at Constantine, right? Everyone thinks, oh, Constantine found Christianity. He wasn't even baptized till his deathbed. Wow! Because you don't want to. It's like <laughs> carrying a big stack of plates. You don't want to trip at some point in your life and break them all, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes the baptized person a completely new character, a new creature, a rebirth of their, of their distinct nature as existing. Mm-hmm. It turns them into a baptized son or daughter of God. I mean, it is as much as an, as an immersion and forgiveness of sin, it's also an adoption ceremony into the life of Christ, into the Trinity and adoption as a f- son or daughter. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, and the, the, you're literally conformed as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, it, you know, like there's really an initiation of relationship, but you're also uh, brought into the, to the life, the mystery of Christ's death and resurrection, so your life is being conformed to Christ and the mystery of the cross, which we'll get into in just a little bit in the ritual as well.
1: It also, it brings you into the royal priesthood. Mm -hmm. It gives you a share of the royal priesthood of Christ.
2: And a share in his prophetic nature. That's
1: right. Mm -hmm. And it leaves an indelible spiritual mark that you belong to Christ. Your baptism cannot be renounced. It cannot be taken away. You cannot, you are... Once you are baptized, even yeah, if you denounce it. the faith, it cannot be taken away. Yeah.
2: Because what has been extended to you in your personhood is the kingdom of God. Right, yeah. it's a sharing in His kingdom. You're grafted, Priest, prophet, and king. Yeah, yeah, you're grafted into the body of Christ, and yeah. that and that indelible mark is really important because yeah. once it's upon you, it can never be yeah. removed. And you know, it's it's so like I've I've met people too along the way that they're pursuing marriage. And they're like, well, I'm practicing a different religion. I think I need a dispensation of mixed religion to enter into marriage in the Catholic Church. And then you realize, no, you were ca- you, you're Catholic. You're baptized, like man. you you you're still Catholic. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, here's an interesting thing: is that okay? And I've seen people like this before too. They want to convert to Catholic, and they're like, well, you know, I was baptized Lutheran, or I was baptized non non denominational. It doesn't really matter. Look, just baptize Jesus. (laughs) If if you're baptized using a proper Trinitarian Trinitarian. formula, Mm -hmm. it does not matter who did it. Mm -hmm. I would suspect, and I I think this is a question, Father Rich, mini-Inquisition, I mean, theoretically, an atheist could baptize you using the Trinitarian formula, and if
2: that would be valid, right? Valid. Wow. Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is crazy because it's such a grace. Yeah, and in cases where you know there's grave concern for the life of someone, um, and someone is requesting baptism, um, you don't have to be a priest, a minister, or you know, like to baptize in Trinitarian formula is fulfilling what we what we are called to. And in, in those circumstances, uh, it is a valid baptism.
0: Does does an adult have to desire a baptism yes. to be baptized? Mm-hmm. Because yes. I know uh, a child, it's the desire of the parents, mm-hmm. right,
1: mm-hmm. to now, raise you Catholic. An, an to... adult would. So that's the reason. So like say you're you're watching a movie and there's a baptism in the movie, right? That's a simulated baptism and no one has a desire to baptize. So there has to be desire for a baptism for it to you know, be confected.
0: Right, but it, it's not the necessarily the subject in, in an infant baptism. That's
1: right. Someone who lacks the yeah. ability to make that own, yeah. you know, that yeah. would be it. And that's one of the big differences or critiques of Catholicism that we baptize infants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But baptizing mm-hmm. infants is biblical. Yeah, It's good and it's right. Jesus was presented in the in the temple. Well, I mean, if you look at it again, and I, I think a lot of the... Concepts around baptism comes from a merger from both the ritual purity laws using water, Mm -hmm. but then also the concept of the circumcision, right? The circumcision happening on the eighth day, being the seal of the covenant. In many ways, baptism supersedes and takes on the character of that symbol of covenant as circumcision. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you were circumcised on the eighth day, no you know, Protestant would say, well, you weren't really Jewish because you were circumcised because you weren't consenting to it. Um, it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like if you look at scripture, St. Peter and St. Paul are baptizing whole households with their yeah. children, family, everyone included. It's not like we baptized all the adults, but all the children, you know, hey, good luck with your original sin. You know, it's it's very much... Um, part of scripture to baptize infants so they baptize hundreds of people in, in some instances absolutely yeah. yeah yeah
2: and I think that's the I think that's the preference like pastorally mm-hmm. um, because at times you know when I' I'm, I'm doing these individual baptisms it, it one the ritual allows it mm-hmm. but I truly believe that when we do when we celebrate baptism, it should be celebra- right. celebrated in common within the church. Church is ecclesia. That's what it means. It means gathering. So in the gathering of the faithful, we celebrate the waters of salvation when a child or a person in the community is immersed. And that should be done in common with others who are candidates for baptism.
0: And they do that in in the mass. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. do baptisms, yeah. yeah, in front of and,
2: everybody. And yeah. then it, it shouldn't be, oh, this is a rite of becoming and this is a day to celebrate Little Just, Luke yeah. or or little Penelope, it, it's precious. You know, Penelope and Luke are, are celebrated and received with great joy in the church. God bless Luke and Penelope. But yeah. but the the truth is, is like no, like this is the wonder and awe at what Jesus has provided for us in the waters of salvation and the extended kingdom. And you're you know you're being conformed to this mystery. I mean,
1: does God deny children being part of His covenant? Hmm. Does God say my covenant's only for you once you've reached a certain age, and if you die before then, too bad? No way. That does not sound like a merciful God.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, and, it's different than confession where you have to be like, you know, well, you have to logical, have done, yeah, uh, right. you, know, you, you have to have done something,
1: you right? Know. Uh, you know, and what parent would say, "Well, I'm going to wait for my child to decide if they want to be baptism." That's like putting them knowingly in harm's way. Yeah. You know, you know they have original sin, and God's grace. Is giving them this opportunity, yeah. like my grandmother, like you know, there was five of us kids, and my grandmother would say, like, you are not allowed to leave the house until the kids baptized. You know, my mom, she's like, if you take one of those kids out of the house before they're baptized, there's gonna be a problem. You yeah. know,
0: my mother-in-law secretly baptized one of her grandchildren. <laughs> really? Yeah, secretly. Yeah, like yeah, took the child and baptized her.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well. <there> you
0: go. <laughs> Because they didn't want to get her baptized.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think talking about stuff like that, I, I think that, uh, you know, we talked about John the Baptist, right? And we kind of took a sidetrack into infant baptism because it naturally went that way. But why was Jesus baptized? Mm. I think that's one of the more kind of puzzling things. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay, well, if you need a baptism, that's because you need repentance because you have original sin. Why would Christ choose to be baptized then? Mm-hmm. And why was, why was God so pleased with his baptism that he said, this is my
2: son with whom I'm pleased? Mm-hmm. Taking on human flesh, Jesus in his humanity now mm-hmm. enters into the human state in order to ritually wash it clean and conform and redeem it to God. Mm-hmm. So his baptism by John that's why John is saying like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. I <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. i am not worthy to untie your sandal like i'm not worthy to baptize you like you're the one who is going to baptize not with only with water but with fire and mm-hmm. the spirit like you know you are the son of god so you know the sense of what jesus is accomplishing is establishing a covenant within baptism that has been foreshadowed throughout every generation. So it's almost like he was baptizing baptism. Absolutely. He yeah. was now the fulfillment of what was anticipated and experienced in the covenant with Noah. You know, you look at the, the covenant with Abraham. You look at Moses guiding the Israelites through the Red Sea, you know, and, and, and the prophets, Elisha and Elijah, And all of these different experiences with water and the parting of waters and being passed dry shot through salvation into the promise, the covenant is all associated with that, but now it's fulfilled in Jesus's entering into humanity, the son of God entering into the human state, desperately in need of salvation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the promise of that that symbol and allegory and prophetic witness has spoken to is now being realized in Jesus's baptism.
1: Yeah. And you can see Jesus instituting every one of the sacraments, whether it's taking the bread and the cup, whether it's forgiving sins, you know, whether, whatever the sacrament, and this is also him instituting the sacrament. It's giving us a model because Jesus does not ask us to do anything that he himself did not did do because he fully entered mm-hmm. into humanity. So if he's going to ask us to be baptized, he will do it the same. If he's going to ask us to suffer, he will do it. If he's going to ask us to forgive, he will do it, right? Mm-hmm. If he's going to ask us to partake in the communion, he would do it himself. He'll institute it. And that's an important thing to note when thinking about why Jesus chose to be baptized. Mm. Now, Let's talk a little bit now. We talked, you know, some history and some background and and the reasons for baptism. But let's talk a little bit about how the church administers baptism, what the rite looks like, Mm -hmm. who could be godparents. You know, we've done an episode on holy water. So check that out. We talk about how holy water is blessed and the different natures of it. So we won't get into that again. But let's talk about who can be baptized, mm-hmm. under what circumstances, by whom, and what that right looks like.
2: Mm-hmm. So um, it's the father and mother and godparents that present the child for baptism. So it's important to realize, like, say, um, a grandparent wants to to baptize the child. Yeah. But the parents of the child no have good. no interest. Yeah. You can't baptize that child.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, that's why I was telling you. Yeah. Was so funny. <laughs> anyway.
2: yeah. You know, and, and that's that's an important the point for everybody it, to realize, yeah. like, you know. There has to be a desire. There, there has to be desire for. on behalf of the parents and godparents yeah. to raise this child in the practice of the faith. Yeah. So if that is not clearly identifiable and someone who is agreeable to that, we can't baptize the child. Right. Because it ultimately depends on the parents and godparents raising that child in the practice of the faith. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with community life mm-hmm. and, and the domestic church and the health of the domestic church. Yeah, I don't think we do a great job at evaluating the health of the domestic church. We do it in paperwork, essentially. Like, yeah. do you give permit? You know, Apparently. yeah, but, but down to what Shield is asking, like, who can be baptized? Anyone who comes to the church who has professed a desire... One, on their own behalf, like say I was unbaptized and I was, Mm. I was a pagan, you know, a pagano. I, you know, and I was, I lived in the countryside because that's what pagano means. Somebody who lives out in the realms of the countryside who wasn't evangelized. So, you know, now I've come to realize this. I have a desire now to be baptized. I can't be proselytized and then forced into baptism. You know, it would be invalid. Like it would be ineffective. Mm -hmm. So... You know, one is is personal desire or the desire of someone you are responsible for Mm. and presenting that desire to the church, a child or a person is received with joy. So the ritual begins, dear parents and godparents, your family has experienced great joy at the birth of your child and the church shares your happiness. So the church shares in the mystery of human life and celebrates that. And today, this joy has brought you into the church to give thanks to the God for the gift of your child and to celebrate a new birth in water of the baptism. This community rejoices with you for today, the number of those baptized in Christ, showing that conformed nature of relationship with Christ will be increased. And, he will, and we offer you our support in raising your child in the practice of the faith. So the church is there. The minister is there to extend support, not the primary responsibility. The primary responsibility is to the parents and godparents. Mm-hmm. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, let us prepare ourselves to, for the celebration.
1: You know, and, and knowing the baptism right, we're going to get to some parts where the name is important. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to remember Canon 855, it says, parents, sponsors, and the pastor, that's mm-hmm. you, are to take care that a name foreign to Christian sensibility is not given, right? Right. So I mean everyone wants to name their kid, you know, Tangerine Brooklyn these days, but <laughs> you gotta have something that calls to nature the Christian sensibility. So, you know, if you want to call your kid Tangerine Brooklyn, okay, cool, whatever. But make it a nickname. Give it a third name, right? Give the child a third name. Tangerine Brooklyn uh, James. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, well, Jay, I don't think you're naming a boy Tangerine. So Tangerine Brooklyn Hildegard. Cool. Give them three names. More names are better, right? <laughs> Just make sure you're giving some kind of Christian name because it's important because that name is going to be, number one, it's the name of their baptism. Yes. Yeah. It's also going to be important to have that patronage of that saint throughout their lives. Yeah. And having that, uh, I guess, you know, that help in heaven is a lot better than having tangerines in heaven, right? Yeah. So
2: mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you brought that up because we. this is the very first thing that you are questioned Mm -hmm. by the priest, by the presider, is what name do you give your child? And you need to select a name that is a Christian name. You want, for me, I have Richard, Joseph, like I have St. Richard, St. Joseph, my confirmation name, St. Valentine. I have three examples Mm -hmm. of Christians who have gone before me with great virtue and I try to strive to relate to them mm-hmm. and, and express that <laughs> virtue. So what names you give your child needs to be, it, it, it needs, to, you need to respond with a Christian name.
1: Tangerine, Brooklyn, Hildegard.
2: Yeah. And, and it's like, so then I would say, what do you ask of God's church for Hildegard?
1: Right. And seeing and that's, and I know a lot of people want to use trendy names, so you can still do that. It's You know, it's still better to have a Christian name or. Call them Hildegard Tangerine, Brooklyn. You can call them Tangerine if you want. I don't care, mm-hmm. right? But, but that be a that, nickname, right? Yeah, be a nickname. But you know, for this, tangy. yeah, Tangy,
2: yeah, Hilde and tangy. plus it helps. It helps the priest too because <laughs> to, to navigate some of these names is like impossible, right? So, uh, very important point. Yep. Name association with the saints. Mm-hmm. Um, in asking for baptism for your child, you are underst- undertaking the responsibility of raising him or her in the faith so that keeping God's commandments, meaning you're teaching your children from the very beginning and disciplining them in the commandments of God and that they would grow to love their neighbor as Christ has taught us. Secondarily to that, you're teaching them now what Jesus has commanded And loving the neighbor, your neighbor. And then the priest asks, do you understand this responsibility? Mm -hmm. So we have to really internalize that. Like, okay, how are you going to raise your children with the knowledge of the 10 commandments? How are you going to share with them the teachings of Jesus Christ, our Savior? So that that needs to be meditated on and kind, yeah. you know and, and and thought about. This is very very serious. This is where the beginning of our responsibility as parents and godparents come from. Now, godparent. Wow. Okay. Are you ready to help the parents of this child in their duty? What's their duty? Once again, we just we just said it. Ten commandments, love of neighbor. So, go and do that. Yeah. And and you know, most people are like blanking out like
1: Yeah, 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 sure. Cool. Yeah, 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 I'm down for that.
2: (laughs) And they haven't darkened the door of a church in a a long time.
0: You should probably know the Ten Commandments. Yeah, like, I should start asking
2: them that. So give me the Ten Commandments. Yeah, do you know? Hey, Rich, Uh give me the Ten Commandments. Yeah, you know? Uh (laughs) So
1: real quick, I want to mention this, because a lot of people have questions about this. And here's why, because typically, you know, you have your first kid, you're 23, 26, 27, whatever it is, right? And at that point in your life, a lot of people have been away from the church for a while, right? They went through their adult, young adult years and their teenage years, and now they have kids, and that kind of calls them to go back to the church. So they don't really know a lot about what's going on at church anymore, but they will know they want to get their kid baptized. So they're like, well, how do I find a godparent? What are the requirements? Can I just pick anybody? Can I just, you know, I like this guy and this, you know, this nice couple. There's some requirements. So Mm -hmm. it's important to know those. So the requirements for a godparent are— They need to be at least 16 years old. Mm -hmm. They themselves have to be baptized and confirmed, okay? Because I've seen a lot of people where, like, the kid's baptized, and he's a good kid, 17, but he hasn't been confirmed yet, so they're not qualified. And they're also expected that if the parents die, that these people, their biggest responsibility is if the parents die, you are now solely in charge of raising that child in the Catholic faith. Yeah. Now, you're supposed to assist throughout life, you know, God willing, the parents don't die. But if they do die, that job's entirely on you, and that's a big commitment. And when you're baptizing your kid, you should know that, that those those are the requirements, and that's what you're asking somebody to do. So it's not like, you know, these are my drinking buddies. I used to play baseball with them. That's not a good reason to make them your godparent of your child. You know, the good reason would be these people are going to fulfill these vows and take it Mm seriously. It's not a thing of like, hey, you're... You're the best man at my wedding. Yeah. It's not that. It's not an honorific. It's a duty. You're
2: really something, asking them to do something special. And that's why this is so important to have a conversation about, because yeah. not many people know, especially, yeah, yeah. you know, the younger generation coming up. It's like, you uh, know, do they really know what, you know, maybe their godparent yeah. was never really involved in their life yeah. in god, any prayerful or good example. My godparents got divorced, and I don't think I've seen my godmother since I was like three. That's a yeah. thing. Yeah. So you know, a lot of this well, is very and problematic. Then the other thing,
1: in the
0: reverse, right, is that you have people who aren't practicing the faith baptizing their child, and then they get people who do practice their faith mm-hmm. to come in and be the godparents, and then it's difficult for them to to work with the yeah. parents to help mm. foster that. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, that's a really, really good point. So you know, continuing the right now, and and I think one, you you need to have proof from the church that. Your godparent that you're selecting for your child is practicing their faith. But you don't have to be a Catholic. Your godparent does. That's yeah. a... Right? So, you know, if, if that's the case, like, make sure that you're considering the very best example. It's like, you know, if if I was being professionally mentored and I was in marketing... I wouldn't want to just go to an undergrad student in journalism and say, Hey, can you mentor me to be a you know a marketing guru? No, I want to go to the to the top of the, the line. I want to get a very good mentor in any type of professional development. So, you know, spiritually, I need a great mentor to uh, be able to 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 guide me through life. This is how important
1: godparents are. The parents of the child don't have to be Catholic, but the godparents do. Mm-hmm. That's how important their role. And the faith is. So when you're picking your godparents,
2: remember that. Mm -hmm. So now the first action of the presider over the child or those to be baptized is the sign of the cross. So I say, Luke, the church of God receives you. Luke, I am your father. Luke, Luke, (laughs) I am your father, Pagano. (laughs) The church of God receives you with great joy in her name. I sign you with the sign of the cross of Christ our Savior. Then after me, your parents and godparents will do the same. So now the authority of blessing this child with the sign of the cross, conforming their lives to the mystery of the cross is taking place first by the presider of the liturgy and now parents and godparents given that authority by the priest to extend blessing over their child. So... That is a, that's a huge part of, of the baptism. Um, is that part of the exorcism of baptism? So exorcism takes place prior to the washing with water. Okay. And that takes place over the heart of those to be baptized. We'll talk about that. More. Yep. We're okay. actually going to talk about that in just a little bit. So then we have the readings. Typically, I, I select uh, the great commission of Jesus on top of the mountain before he ascended into heaven. He commissioned from atop that mountain, you know, the apostles and all of their successors to go out to every nation, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Now, what you just said there, mm-hmm. now that's
1: that's the scriptural justification for our baptismal formula, but those words right there are very important. And we've mentioned this a few times, the proper baptismal formula. And, and you just said that, and this is what makes a baptism valid versus invalid. Now... I've heard of a lot of cases and this has happened recently where priests were baptizing not using the proper trinitarian formula and these people weren't actually baptized and they had to go get rebaptized That's as tragic. adults.
2: But yeah, that then, happened recently. That yeah. happened like this past year or
1: something. It like did, that? yeah. So say again that part that is the proper Trinitarian yeah. baptismal
2: formula. Well, why don't we just go straight to the gospel according to Matthew yeah. chapter 28, verse exactly. 18 through 20. Source. It's a good this is We've got to go it's right to the source, is. right? So I've I've done this so many times that it's like committed to memory. But Jesus said to the eleven disciples: All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Now, a point that I want to, I want to make here is look at the importance of teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That role and responsibility, who exercises that? First and foremost, parents and godparents. Mm -hmm. After that, the church is there to support you in teaching that. So the the very next part of this, after we uh, review the scriptures, the priest could say a couple of words. I, I typically always reference like this is clearly what Jesus is asking, and it's amazing that the the shores of baptism, like this, is coming upon our shores in this nation at this very moment. And then we get into the prayers of the faithful, and then the intercession of the saints. And in the in the litany of the saints, you know, we we ask the different. You know, like the Blessed Virgin Mary, John the Baptist, Saint Joseph, Saint Peter, and Saint Paul. If you have Luke, and Luke is being Luke Luke (laughs) is being baptized, you say, "Saint Luke, pray for us." So the name uh, for the namesake of those to be baptized, you include in the litany of the saints, and then we get to the prayer of exorcism. To your point, and the anointing before baptism with one of the sacred oils. Mm. You know.
1: I think it's pretty cool that it all goes back to the Great Commission and that there is that character of, go and take care of anyone. But it's amazing to think that the baptized, you know, the, the apostles leaving this mountain, walked the whole earth doing exactly what he said. Yeah.
2: God can, bless their feet.
1: I can only imagine that their feet were incredibly sore after all that walking. And yeah. you would have made it a lot easier Good socks. Good socks from Sock Religious. <laughs> oh, you're making it rain.
0: Make it rain. Sock buddy.
1: Religious. These are your socks, Father. These B- are B- literally my oh, socks. Oh, no, I have your socks in my hand. I have, I have <laughs> your St. Benedict socks. I hope
0: they're clean. <laughs>
1: yes, they're very okay. clean. Good. Sock Religious, mm. uh, what they make is they make incredible socks. Awesome socks. They're made in the USA. <laughs> they have the amazing designs. Um, I mean, they have St. Benedict, St. Joseph, uh, Marion, Marion socks, Saint Michael. uh, Saint Michael. I mean, I'm wearing Saint
2: Joseph right now.
1: You got Saint Joe socks Mm -hmm. on, and we got Saint Nicholas, and we got Fulton Sheen. Like whoever your saint is, they've got a sock to put on your feet to help you walk in the same path that these (laughs) saints walk. And for kids too, they they have them them for kids. kids. They have, you know what? Speaking of babies, they have onesies, you know, for babies. They have stickers. They have all kinds of cool stuff. So if you're looking
2: for a gift for baptism. I mean, Sock religious, they've got, like whatever. you said, they've oh, got yeah.
1: onesies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have onesies and kids' socks. Look, if you, you know, <laughs> yeah. your, your kid's baptismal gar- garment, it's going to be all wet. You're going to need to change them, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe when you get home from the dinner afterwards, put a onesie on them from Sock Religious. <laughs> and get dressed up for your child's baptism. You know what yeah. Sock Religious has that's pretty cool? What's that? They have a set of liturgical socks. So for whatever the color of the feast day, whether it's green or rose or purple, they have socks to match it. It's cool little things like that that you can do that help you live your faith out in small kind of innocuous ways that actually help to really integrate your, your life yeah. and your body towards it. Um, you know, sock just started out as just like, you know, this one dude's little passion project. You know, yeah. Scott over there, you know, started making socks and people went crazy for him. I mean, you go to a college campus nowadays, kids are wearing them, priests are wearing them, you wear them all the time. I mean, how many pairs do you have? Like 30, 40? I probably
2: do. I mean, we should probably count them and have them all here set up on the, on let's the let's table. Get, let's he's... just
1: get a rope and hang them up like dirty laundry. <laughs> and let's just see how many do we have. That's nah. great, yes. So next time, and then Howard, you can release it, and then socks will come <laughs> down <laughs> like we just won the Socks Super Bowl. <clears throat> so if you go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash socks, you can get 10% off of anything on their entire website. They also okay. have other brands like that one sheet that does great T-shirts, but... Look, Catholic socks. I just get them. Don't wear stinky, holy, old Hanes socks. They're not. Get rid of them through, already. Throw them away. They're probably you probably have mismatched pairs. You lost them in the dryer. You got holes. They stink. Your old long toenails are ripping holes in them. Get some nice new socks. Take care of your feet first, right? Yeah, that's that's your connection with walking. That's your you know. It's important. It's the pillar of a man. Mm. Take good care of them, but then also kind of bless them a little bit by consecrating them to the saint that you're wearing.
0: That's right.
1: It's the truth. It is. And that's the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help my feet by sacrilegious. Amen. (laughs) All right. Let's get back into the rite of baptism. So
2: (laughs) jumping in, the very next part of the ritual is the prayer of exorcism and anointing before baptism. This takes place over the heart of the child or those to be presented, the candidate, with the oil of the catechumens. So listen to this prayer. Almighty ever-living God, who sent your son into the world to drive out from us the power of Satan, the spirit of evil, and bring the human race rescued from darkness into the marvelous kingdom of your light, we beseech you, we humbly beseech you, to free this child from original sin, Mm -hmm. to make him or her the temple of your glory, and to grant that your Holy Spirit may dwell in him or her through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So... In this, in this respect, notice that original sin, we are freed from original sin in baptism. And that is the sin that we inherit as a result from the apostasy of Adam and Eve.
1: Mm-hmm. I've never heard anyone call it the apostasy. But that's essentially what I it know. is. That's good. You know, and they were naked. And then afterwards, they knew of their nakedness. They didn't have sock religious They put didn't. On.
2: They searched throughout the whole garden. I know. You're going to have Adam (laughs) running around like Anthony Kiedis and Flea, you know. (laughs) And then the celebrant continues. May the strength of Christ the Savior protect you. As a sign of this, we anoint you with the oil of salvation, which is the oil of the catechumens, in the same Christ our Lord who lives and reigns forever and ever. And then the sign of the cross over the heart the child.
1: What's the oil of catechumens? I mean, is is that different than chrism? Is that different than chrism? It's different than chrism. So
2: chrism has the fragrance that everybody loves, like our candle, you know, from You Catholic, Mm -hmm. the chrism candle. That's my favorite, but it's also the chrism that goes over the hands of the priest that anoints their hands for, for ministry. So, you know, the oil of the catechumens is used exclusively in this ritual. Really? Yeah. So it's important, to, it's important to realize that the oil of catechumens is associated with those who are being drawn in by way of the baptismal waters into full communion with the Catholic Church. Okay. And then you have the oil of the sick, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, which which is, is the anointing of the sick, which is one of the sacraments in and of itself yeah. um, in preparation for potentially terminal illness, people who are severely sick and are in need of, of that support. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, we'll get into the chrism here in just a moment. So, oh, so there's... Other kinds of oil. You used both, yeah, you used both oil. You used two oils. Gotcha. So, this is the anointing before baptism. I guess
1: I just never realized that there's two different oils. I just saw the oil, but I didn't know that there's two Mm -hmm. two blends.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so the the prayer before before baptism takes place with the oil of catechumens or the oil of salvation. This is what removes the stain of original sin. And now the washing takes place through the celebration of baptism. And now the priest extends his hand over the baptismal waters and invokes God. O God, who by invisible power accomplish a wondrous effect through sacramental signs and who in many ways have prepared water your creation to show forth the grace of baptism. O God, whose spirit in the first moments of the world's creation hovered over the waters so that the very substance of water would even take to itself the power to sanctify. That's Genesis. Yeah. That's Mikvah. You know, that that's that whole sense of what's being referenced there from the beginning of creation. O God, who by the outpouring of the flood foreshadowed regeneration. This is Noah. This is the covenant. So, so that the mystery of one and the same element of water would come an end to vice and a beginning of virtue. Oh God, who caused the children of Abraham. Now we're focusing on the covenant of mm-hmm. Abraham to pass dry shod through the Red Sea by Moses oh. so that the chosen people set free from slavery to Pharaoh would prefigure the people of the baptized. So once again, like the very prophetic nature of what's happening in the Old Testament is being fulfilled in the baptism of Jesus Christ. O God, whose son baptized by John in the waters of the Jordan was anointed with the Holy spirit. And as he hung upon the cross, gave forth water from his side along with his blood. And after his resurrection commanded his disciples go forth and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Look, now we pray upon the face of your church. And graciously unseal for her the fountain of baptism. And that fountain comes from the heart of Christ, where blood and water poured forth (laughs) for our salvation and mercy was extended to the world. Now we have the fount of living water by God's creative hand. It's not by by humanity. What's meant by living water? So, so that's that's exactly what I was sharing before in relationship to it the to, to the a mikvah. It it has it can't be collected by human means. Like it has to be from in this sense heaven, as it's excri- described in in this uh, in this biblicist treatment mm-hmm. of what a mikveh is. So, um, you know that sense the the a bathhouse that was used for washing for ritual cleansing. Was naturally gathered,
1: mm-hmm. so rainwater or yeah. water diverted.
2: Exactly. So mm-hmm. a natural collection of water would then be would then be used because it it came from God. Um, it came from heaven. So
0: when you guys fill your fonts up, Aquafina.
2: Yeah, like what do you what do you use? Yeah, so I mean, typically it's it's collected from the aquarium and then it's oh, placed wow. in the oh, it's very, in the uh yeah. you know put into the baptismal font. Let's well, cool.
1: Catholics jump through all kinds of hoops don't yeah. to keep the and loss. then it's
2: and then yeah. it's running water over the I mean, the water's the, the, you yeah. usually got like a pump or something it exactly. moving so it's not stagnant. Yeah, my my hope is I'm I'm praying to <laughs> the Lord. I'm begging the Lord for um, I'm hoping to construct this church. Yeah. St. John Paul II, with a sense of drawing water from from the, the earth. aquifers, yeah, from the aquifers, and then having it piped into a baptismal pool for, for full immersion and springed out of a replica baptismal font of St. John Paul II. That's cool. And what's really cool is as we remember our baptism, one of my favorite images of JP2, my dear patron, was when he returned to Vadovice as Pope and he was holding on to his baptismal uh, you know, font and resting his head on it and praying you know, and, and reconnecting with his identity of where he was raised. It's just like... Yeah. Really cool. So powerful.
1: By the way, Father Rich is building a church. If you want to help support that and help both help him and then the people he ministers to and help to, you know, bring people to John Paul II, you can go to Nakati Catholic and you can find ways that you can help him build this church and It's a great way to, you know, donate money to something that's going to last generations long after we're dead and YouTube isn't a thing anymore and you're dead. Your donation will help live on in the lives of Catholics here. So consider doing that. It's helpful to him, and it's a good thing to do. Amen. Especially in a time when churches are closing, you know, he's got the the energy here, getting a church open. So that's something
2: that as Catholics we want to support. And I need I need your help. So if there, if there's any way that you can, $5 a month, $10 a month, any way that you could support us, as generous as you are, we're hoping to build a church for the new millennium. Mm-hmm. And that will ultimately benefit you out there online too because it will have a technological infrastructure so that we will continue to advance works just like the Catholic Talk Show and so many other things that we can really help catechize and, and the And all the masses that are faith. said
1: there, well, you know— It'd be you know with you as well so great absolutely thing to do.
2: thank you brother yep so moving back into this uh, this prayer over the waters so again it's like recalling all of the covenants and now you know may this water listen to this may this water receive by the Holy Spirit, the grace of your only begotten son so that human nature created in your image and washed clean through the sacrament of baptism from all of the squalor of the life of old, namely Adam and Eve, and from intergenerational sin may be found worthy to rise to the life of newborn children through water and the Holy Spirit. Now the priest submerges his hand into the waters. May the power of the Holy Spirit Oh, Lord, we pray, come down through your Son into the fullness of this font, so that all who have been buried with Christ by baptism into death may rise again to life with Him who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I love, I love that prayer over the over the baptismal waters.
1: You know another prayer I love? What's that? It's a prayer I found in the Hollow app. Really? Right. And you know what? They have a lot of prayers. You know why? It is the number one Catholic prayer app. They've got so many prayers. They've got so many features, right? They've got night prayers. They've got prayers to help you fall asleep. They've got the rosary. They've got the um, Divine Mercy Chaplet. They have...
0: Lectio Divina. Lectio
1: Divina. They have,
0: you know, all He's kinds of... Baron, Jonathan Rumi, the Jesus guy from Chosen. Mm-hmm. who's on our
2: show. Yep. <laughs> Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in a year. Yep.
1: Father Mike Schmidt's... Pray
2: for (laughs) us.
1: (laughs) I am not he. (laughs) I am not worthy to (laughs) unbuckle Father Mike Schmitz's sandals. (laughs) Uh, But seriously, Hollow is a great app. It's the number one Catholic app for a reason. We all use it. They have chants, they have all kinds of cool stuff things to help you fall asleep, things to help remind you to pray, things to help you grow in prayer. Um, And you know what's cool? Just like baptism. Free F R W E, brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So if you go to Catholictalkshow.com forward slash hollow, H A L L O W. 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 W.com. Catholic forward slash hollow with the W. You get it for free. <laughs> you try it out for free on us, right? And but the money that you're saving on that free month of Hollow. You can help Father Rich build the church. Everyone's oh, happy. Much appreciated. Look at this, man. It's all the piece of the puzzle. It is. Come together. Use like this big...
2: while you're wearing socks. <laughs> That's right. Right? That's a brand new pair so they don't smell. That's why they smell so good. Yeah. Well, my, my socks smell good. Ew. So, <laughs> go to Hallow. Check them out; they are phenomenal. I, I recommend them to my parishioners all the time, um, and it's it, you know it continues to grow, gets better. There's not one app in the App Store that gets it even close yeah. uh, to the tradition of Catholic prayer. So, at the conclusion of the prayers over the waters, now we lead <laughs> we lead <laughs> these pagans to some form Look, of man, uh, virtue here.
1: I just want hello. I'm sorry. I just want sock religious to know how much we love their socks. I'm finding new places to wear them all the time. (laughs) Look, I've only got two feet, but I have more love than feet for sock religious. Okay, so head on my microphone, everything.
2: What's interesting is you're, you're kind of semi covering the crown of your head. So if we could just kind of move this back a uh, little can bit. demonstrate. So, you know, now a lot of kids' heads are covered, uh-huh. you know, and, and then when the anointing takes place after the renunciation of sin and profession of faith, so do you renounce Satan? The response is, I do. And all of his works, I do. And all of his empty show, I do. You continue with the renunciation of sin and, and you know to desire the freedom of children of God, then you profess the faith, which is basically the expression of the creed, saying that I profess this faith, and now this is the faith of the church in which the child is to be baptized. Then I ask as the presider, is it w- your will that Luke should receive baptism in the faith of the church, which we have all professed with you? So then I... Pour water over the child's head in the running water or immerse the child into the waters. Luke, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Then we move to the anointing after baptism. Now, you know, some people kind of don't realize this, but the anointing goes over the crown of the head.
1: Because like Jesus Christ... It was anointed and like, or how can uh,
0: I take you seriously right now? you got all those socks on you.
1: That's because they're awesome. Uh Like King David. I mean, he was anointed when he became king and anointing is kind of is conferring that priestly character. In, in, yeah. in the ancient world, one of the signs of, of kingliness is that anointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why it's done on the crown, because again, it shows that nature of the priestly Keenship. character of Christ and our share in the priesthood during ordination, and,
2: anointed too. As well. And also, what I love too is just the the soft nature oh. of the crown of a child's head. Yeah. You got to do it soft. You don't want
1: to poke them in a the soft
2: spot. No, 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 no. Like it's it's something super sensitive. So, you know, when when you do that, the the gentleness of of you know how Keenship. this oil is being absorbed into the immediacy of the brain of the child that mm. you're anointing. You know, so that it will always remember mm. that it, it's, it shares in the kingly, oh, cool. you know, nature of Christ, which mm. is just so Great powerful. I, I've, I've thought about that all the time, yeah. man. It's just, Baby's it's heads beautiful. Are pretty
1: soft. They got that little fuzzy hair.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so the anointing after the baptism takes place with the chrism. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has freed you from sin, given you new birth by water and the Holy Spirit, and joined you to his people. He now anoints you with the chrism of salvation, so that you may remain as a member of Christ, priest, prophet, and king. Look, you're not going to distract me. I'm not trying I to. Have, I have he kids running baptism. around, you know, with bap- during the baptism with, you know, monster trucks and all sorts of crazy stuff I'm happening. Not Trying to distract you. Nev- I I will never get distracted. <laughs> and then finally, the clothing with the white garment. Um, so, Luke, you have become a new creation, have clothed yourself in Christ. May this white garment be a sign to you of your Christian dignity with your family and friends to help you by word and example, bring it unstained into eternal life. This is where that baptismal garment is entrusted to you. That also is the, the b- baptismal garment of marriage. It's the baptismal garment of an alb that is worn. It's like what Canidacy you in Revelation
1: and- with what... What people in their full glory in heaven wear is like garments mm-hmm. as white as the whitest
2: wool. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And then you receive the light of Christ from the paschal candle. Mm-hmm. The baptismal candle is. Uh, Which we talked about on our candle we episode. We talked about on our candle episode. If you haven't watched that, watch that. And then parents or godparents are entrusted with this candle to be kept burning brightly so that your child, enlightened by Christ, may walk always as a child of the light. And persevering in the faith, may they run out to meet the Lord when he comes with all the saints in the heavenly court. And then finally, the epitha, which is the opening of the ears and the mouth, so that you may come to hear the word of God and profess your faith with your lips to the glory and praise of God the Father. The baptism is complete, and we pray the Lord's Prayer. And then there is a blessing and dismissal over the mother. Over the Father and over all who are gathered there. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially baptism in the Catholic Church from the tradition of what we heard from the Great Commission, but in the deep roots of Judaism and the practices of ritual cleansing to present day. Yeah. Good stuff. If you're watching on YouTube
0: right now, if you're not watching on YouTube right now, you're, Ryan you're is, much
2: better for Ryan it. Is socks. <laughs> and my socks. And some of them aren't really. Clean? Clean, so. Great. Yeah.
1: Sock religious socks, I, I have that kind of trust for them, that I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, you know, baptism really is, again, we talked about it. It's the foundational and it's the the sacrament that brings us into the church. Mm-hmm. It's the sacrament that adopts us as sons and daughters of God, uh, gets rid of original sin. It, it can't be stated how important it is. So a couple things that you should do. When you have your child baptized, Make sure you save their candle. Yes. Get a holy water container and save some of that water from baptism, Ooh. from their baptism, so you can always have it. So when remember the date, remember the date. Get your baptismal we'll celebrate. Cer- you know, keep cer- your certificate. Keep your certificate. Celebrate the baptismal date of your child. Yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. let them know. Invite the priest out afterwards, yeah. right? To have dinner or whatever. To have him invited to the party. Yeah. When you're a parent, it's good to give the priest a stipend during a baptism it's it's a good customary thing um and then also remember to renew those vows both of your own and the ones of your child and remember them because they're important that is the life of of a christian Mm -hmm. so this is a
2: good episode guys it was tying to the roots of who we are my brothers and sisters we are all baptized in christ alleluia alleluia and we're gonna see you next week